warning, warning. Two idiots are reading the SCP files over the intercoms. Please cover your ears and await further instructions. Hello and welcome back to the new and improved Discovering SCP we've upgraded from our previous we software have? to a whole new suite. Yeah. We have? So I was like, a question um, mark in that statement. You're the one who did this. No, I didn't know what you were going for for a second. Uh, I was going to say, um, yeah, so Audacity is being naughty, so we've switched to OSIN audio, and hopefully it doesn't cause any problems. But if there's audio problems, then you can't be mean about it. Yeah, but you can't blame Audacity. Um, will kill you. And yeah. the trial version of OSIN audio, of course, only has like five minutes allowed, so it's going to be a five minute podcast episode. Yeah, this is a five minute podcast, and we're not going to spend any of that time talking about SCPs. We're actually just going to talk no. about our OCs. So, if you so actually... tell me more about Dragon Hadrian. Uh, so he's not an OC, he's an April Space character, that's different. OCs don't have stories to go back to. <laughs> They're like strips. <laughs> I feel like every artist is going to be so mad at you for saying Am that. I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I thought the whole point was like OCs were basically roleplay characters that the artist was never going to do anything with. My experience. Once a character is in a thing, it's not an OC anymore, it's just a C. Oh. That's my perspective. Alright, so, um... You know what bothers me? I'll address this when we do the comment reading, actually. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) What bothers you? (laughs) Well, alright, a a little comment early. I was loading it up so I'd have it ready. Someone was asking us to read the Among Us ones, and this is... I'm not not mad at this person, obviously. They're not the only person, but the reason it's weird is so many people... I feel like someone asked that every other episode, and we already did it. We did it. Before it even came out. (laughs) People still fucking ask us to do it. I mean, it's my only good SCP, so I can understand, but... Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I just I, I just saw that and it was like, why do people keep asking for this? We already did it. I, I labeled it very. That, that was literally well. how we broke the story about SC Among Us Two. She made a fucking trailer <laughs> <laughs> on our channel. God, I, I still yes. watch that sometimes. It's so funny. <laughs> it was fun. Um, maybe you should uh, go like and subscribe to it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. we're not here for discovering SCP Among Us today yet. Yeah, we're here for. You've some got mouse. how many SCPs do you have for us? How many SCPs? I have one SCP. Ah, oh, fuck! It's going to be long. Yeah. I already smell it. We already agreed on this last week, so I'm I'm bound by a geese to do it. Here's the funniest part, is you told me, and then I forgot. It's like and then fucking Lelouch Britannia put it inside my eye to make me do it. And then you asked someone in the server for it while I was there, and they said it, and I still forgot what we're reading. Yeah, I didn't forget. I just wanted to confirm that our audience remembered. <laughs> well, I've forgotten, so what is it? What is it? The one we're going to be reading today is SCP-5005. We're entering the 5000 series several oh episodes after SCP-5000. Wasn't this related to something we read last time, too? That's why Someone requested up. it last time, and I, on an impulse, said I would do it. So I'm on a bound now to do it. Nice. I said I would do it next what episode, thing... so I, I didn't even have any wiggle room. What was the thing you promised to do when we hit 900 subs? Because we're getting close to that, uh, too. Oh, fuck, I don't remember that either. If I was in the comments, <laughs> if you remember what I promised to This do. whole podcast is just two dudes with Alzheimer's just trying <laughs> to make anything work. We had two malfunctioning AIs that are quickly deteriorating. Yeah, I swear, every week we read the comments about like what we read Left last week. Left side of the brain, forgotten. right side of the brain, and neither is working. <laughs> Alright, well, link me 5005 if you... Will. SCP. 5005, called Lamplight by Tufto. Oh! Oh, that's got a cool name. I don't know, I always liked Lamplight, Lamplighter. It's a cool hmm. name. Yeah, it, it sounds it, like a Pokemon. There, 
Yeah. Lamplighter! Lamp lamp! Lamplighter! What is that? Who's Ember? Dex, what is that? Lamplighter. The Lamplight Pokemon. It's responsible for <laughs> 10,000 human fatalities a year. It, it consumes more oil than the entire United States. Whoa, I just gotta have one! This is my Ash Catcher impression. <laughs> just polluting the environment. How would you rate my Ash Catcher? Your Ash Catcher is terrible. It sounds like Ash Catcher when he's 40 years old after smoking. For well, I never said he wasn't. It's going like, to fade oh, out well, from Ash's perspective in the next episode. It's real that he has been aging all this time. In that case, spot on. I w- yeah, I wonder if he's like committed some sort of ritual. Like we never, we almost never see his old Pokemon aside from like, Charizard. Yeah, do you think he's been killing them off to extend his youth? If you recall, in the first Pokemon movie, mm-hmm. Ash is slain mm-hmm. by the actions of Mewtwo and Mew, and I he's subsequently revived by the anguish and sorrow of the Pokemon gathered. That's why he's been conceptually bound to the Pokemon as a whole. So Ash can only die when every other Pokemon dies. Wait, that's actually based as hell. That's why. Do you think they have, like, pollution and global warming issues in Pokemon? Well, I definitely Absolutely. have pollution. There's the fucking they, trash bag and Grimer and stuff. Have you seen what happened to fucking, um, what's it called? The big turtle floaty big... swimmy one? No. Oh, Lapras, Lapras. They, that was, like, being yeah, Lapras. going extinct because of pollution and shit. But then they fixed it. Well, here's the game. thing. You could make an argument for pollution in the Pokemon world because Grimer and Muck, I believe, as well as Garbodor and them, I think they are only alive because of pollution. So if you stopped polluting, then they would go extinct. So is it morally, is it your moral obligation to litter in a world well, where Grimer and I mean, Garbodor if you look exist? At, if you look at those creatures, you'll notice that their lives are worth less than ours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're the ones fighting each other to the death, not us. Let's let's move on from from this. this yeah, this wait. Was this about Pokemon or SCP? That's right. SCP, SCP, we'll SCP five thousand five. Lamplight. Yeah. This was an entry into the SCP five thousand contest. Wonder what happened there. But anyway, let's get into it. Wait, what'd you say? I I missed it. What'd you say? Well, I said it was entry into the SCP five thousand contest. I wonder. I wonder what happened there. Oh. Well, I think the wrong SCP won, probably. But. Uh, no, 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 you can't remember this. You'll see, actually, I have many more. But let's get into it. SCP-5005. <laughs> Holy shit. All by right, 5005, yes. Yeah, by order of the O5 Council, the following file is level 4 slash 5005 classified. Unauthorized access forbidden. I guess is where the episode ends. Yeah, sorry, guys, we can't read any more. Uh, but we, yeah, but thanks for listening uh, to us talk about Pokemon and the ethics therein. Um, lack of. And we'll come back. We'll we'll come back with five thousand six next time. About, right, about, 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 just joking. Actually, we're going to keep reading. Item number SCP five thousand five. Object class Euclid. And we've opened with a picture of a lamplight. And this is oh. a picture of one of SCP five thousand five's burning lamps in the Aetherium district. Aether. Similar in effect to sodium lamps, but Wait. based on formatology rather than mainstream Wait. technology. Was Aetheral Space copied from this SCP? It was not. It's just a word. It's a word. I know. I'm, I I literally was there when Ethereal Space existed. I'm not that fucking stupid. Special containment procedures. Diplomatic relations with SCP-5005 have been established under the terms of the Sarai Treaty. A permanent researcher... Why does that sound familiar? Is that something that's shown up in another SCP? I don't believe so. Okay. A permanent researcher has been stationed on SCP-5005 at all times whose presence can only be allowed or res- be rescinded by the agreement of the project lead and two foundation psychologists. 
Other foundation personnel are permitted conditional research access to SCP-5005 with the approval of their supervisor. Access is gained via a Scranton Mayabia Arc from Site Q-46, located in the Adzane universe on the far side of the Western Cluster. God, holy shit, that whole sentence was just so much jargon that it all went over my head. What the fuck? Contact your extra-universal contact for more information. How much of that was, like, actual SCP-7? How much was, like, specific to the article? Uh, It's quite specific to the article, so I would scan it just uh, one more time, that sentence. Oh, okay, but it's it's not like things I needed prior knowledge for. It no. was like Scranton Meyer Beer, Site Q forty six, Asdane Universe, Western Cluster, just all over my head. Okay, got it. It's it's locked in there. I think. Okay, personnel are reminded that prolonged stay in SCP five and five may be severely emotionally taxing, and are encouraged to consider their own mental health before entering. Description: SCP five thousand five. Well, what do you think actually is? Well, so far, I want to make a comment. I think it's really funny that, like, in modern SCPs, you, like, in this, it's like, consider your own mental health before entering. Meanwhile, like, older SCPs, they'll just straight-up torture D-class or not give a fuck about their research assistants or doctors. Like, like, uh, like uh, even in Witch of Words, they did not give a fuck about that junior researcher. And in this one, necessary. they're like, just consider it. Don't go in. Don't worry about it. If you're not feeling well, and then other SCPs, they're like, I'm going to rip out your organs, and there's nothing you can do about it because you're on payroll. <laughs> but so far, I don't know what it is. Based on the picture and all the jargon, it literally could be anything. Um, so I'm just... And, and, and also, you said this was a 5,000 contest entry, which, which was mystery, so it's probably further ob- obfuscated by the fact that we're not really supposed to know what the fuck's going on, so I don't have a guess. Well, let's have a look. Description. SCP-5005 is a human settlement located 3,449 waylongs to the multiversal east of the central reality compass. This is... is... <laughs> this is like... I know it's probably doing it on purpose, but this is already triggering a lot of the things that I hate, like fucking made-up units in random places we've never heard of. Oh my god. And 87 waylongs beyond where matter is ordinarily capable of permanently existing. Consequently, it's the most remote settlement created by a sentient creature and the most remote matter in existence. SCP-5, so I just have to say, this is a different foundation than we're used to dealing with. This is like, I assume, far, far, far future. So this is like Star Wars Foundation. Beyond Star Wars, way beyond Star Wars. Uh, Star Peace? No. (laughs) Well, what else is beyond war? Star I destruction. Mean, I just mean, like, in terms of, we're talking about universes here, rather than the, I, rather I than the Mustafa system. Right, right. SCP-5005 is constructed on an expanse of an Earth-like substance, which acts as a fertile soil. The extent of this expanse is unknown, as it's impossible to engage in long-term exploration beyond the limits of SCP-5000-1's light range. Okay. Dash-1 is a large biomechanical lantern suspended over the SCP. Dash 1's light possesses a degree of reality stabilization far in excess of any other known examples, allowing for the permanent existence of matter within its light range. So, However, presumably, the Dash la- 1's the lantern, so 5005 is presumably the lamp lighter, as it's aptly named. Well, we know it. It's a human settlement. It said it's not. Oh, so they keep the light on. Oh, so they like keep the light on, and as long as the light's on, things get to exist. I don't know if they keep it on, but they live underneath it. Yeah, well, they have to, because that's what keeps things existing. If it doesn't, then reality stops stabilizing, it said, yeah? Well, yeah, in this specific that's place, also why they it's can't not for explore everywhere. beyond it. 
Right, yeah, just in the city, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I just mean I don't know if it's something they actually maintain or whether it just sort of works. Oh. However, Dash One's capacity as a light source is limited and temperamental. Due to its size and distance from the SCP, its lux illumination is relatively low in the settlement. It's frequently described as being similar to the light of a full moon on Earth. Dash one is suspended above SCP-5005 by a large protruding tendril, which emerges from the expanse and forms an arc above SCP-5005. The tendril is believed to be constructed from an artificially hardened and strengthened form of the expanse substance. The composition of the expanse substance is unknown, as so of the ground. Various scholars have proposed a link to Swisscom holochrome, which possesses a similarly unusual molecular structure. However, the archaeological record of Strisco is very limited, and no currently known Strisco technologies could create something on the scale of the expanded substance. The residents of SCP-5005 refer to the substance as Mahi Loam, a word which has no known connection to any of the cultures on SCP-5005 and is of unknown provenance, further investigation is required. The following is an assessment of other anecdotal evidence and theories concerning the SCP surroundings by Dr. Hamish Franklin, project lead on SCP-5005. So right away you've mentioned this article takes place in like a different SCP universe. Well, yes. So it's the article itself, not just the settlement that's in a different universe. I just mean that the, we're just talking about the multiversal east of the central reality compass, which we, we know right. about, so that in self implies... Right. Well, that, that's not even okay. an anomaly at this point. That's just sort of that, it, it's. This is a, a right, but I'm just clarifying. Like this article, it's not just the settlement. The article is also written by a different universe foundation. Yeah, I would say far future or different universe. Yeah, gotcha. Why don't you read? Start reading the note here, and we can popcorn it if we need to. <coughs> Although the historical documentation surrounding SCP five thousand five's founding and history is relatively extensive. Any scientific understanding of the town's surroundings or its light source remains beyond our capabilities. It is clear from the mechanical elements within SCP-5005-1 that is that it is a synthetic creation of an unknown civilization, but there's nothing we can find that is remotely similar to it. There are some, SOME similarities to Shriskin technologies within the substance of the Expanse, but that kind of molecular structure has its forebears in any number of universes in that cluster and beyond. Adzane, Harkret, Karak, so none of these, like, Shriskin, none of this is, like, former SCP stuff. This is all presumably new to this article. Yeah. Would I you think just tell me if might be a reference up? to something else, but I don't think it's important to know. Okay. What all of them lack is anything even slightly as advanced as SCP-5005-1, which can create almost Earth-like conditions in the midst of unreality. So there are basically other universes, but this is the only real settlement. Well, outside the universes, from what I understand. Right. This is like, where stuff isn't, specifically. Right. Any number of theories have come forward. A research experiment of the old empire, a neo-Austrian birthing ground, an Adzanian horse cuddling coaling center. One biologist even thought it could be the remains of a Harkreed pioneer's anglerfish. These ideas are innovative, but remain at best only mere speculation. Not even the populace can provide any clues. Whatever ancient people made it must be long dead now. We cannot send Foundation personnel beyond the city limits, of course. Far too dangerous, and most anecdotes from the town's explorers simply speak of more and more dark and that gradual, unsettling feeling that they've been away from the light for too long. Would-be pioneers have either been driven back swiftly or have disappeared. Only one anecdote has been preserved that holds any interest for us. Roughly a century ago, a particularly daring, or drunken, poet decided to pick a direction and head that way as long as possible. He was just about suicidal enough to stick with it longer than most others, but not so determined that he didn't eventually turn back. 
Out there, many miles away, he happened to glance at his hand and saw it begin to unravel. In a panic, he stared across the landscape and saw a brief glint on the horizon. Thinking it was home, he headed fast towards it, but after crossing a prominent ridge, he found that he'd been going in the wrong direction entirely. Before him lay a glassy orb of immense proportions, the color of milk embedded into the earth, and a faint light shone beneath its surface. By some miracle, he managed to get home. There wasn't much of him left, and it didn't take long before he expired, but his half-mad, lunatic story he screamed out is stuck in the town's lore. For most of the townsfolk, it remains a cautionary tale for those who might consider stepping beyond the light's edge. So it's sort of like red reality, but yeah, these people don't have okay. the bonus reality points that lets them live longer. Yeah, I'm the wondering... The, the, the nice light. The light is much if, superior to red. <laughs> if they could find a way to increase someone's reality points, I forgot what the fuck the scale was called, like the uh, guy Humes. did in Red Reality on accident. Yeah, Humes. If they could increase their Humes, I bet they could explore longer. Yeah. I don't Unless know whether this article goes into means. that. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a little bit of theory crafting on my end, but back to you now that we're done with the reading. No worries. The following are a series of introductory essays on aspects of the SCP by academics and foundation personnel in the Soul and Orchard universes who have studied the anomaly. These have been supplemented by foundation logs that provide examples of the phenomena discussed. Number one. History by Dr. Johannes Kobold, level 3 foundation historian. Wait, they got kobolds in this world? Little dragon people. I've, I've heard this joke before. Oh, it angers me. That's Dr. Johannes Kobold. No. <laughs> he was bullied at his school by the Dungeons and Dragons Club, which is you can imagine <laughs> Dungeons and Dragon Club bullying anybody. I know. That's, that's, that's the worst part. So, SCP-5005 was founded by Jean-Antoine Delacroix, a noted poet from the Orchard Universe and former Dragoman in the Kievan Republic. Delacroix discovered the SCP's location following the dissolution of his relationship with the strathclyde painter Emily Wolfe, leaving him in a state of extreme depression. I th- I think I just need to accept that I should let all these names and terms bounce off me, because it's just hurting my head trying to keep track of them. He attempted suicide via arc blinking, launching himself in a random direction in the hope of expiring in the non-matter surrounding the multiverse. That's fucking metal. Damn. Instead, Delacroix arrived close to Dash 1. Deeply curious about the location, he blinked himself home to embark on a series of explorations at the site. He founded SCP-5005 in 2107 and gave it the name Lamplight, which remains its common name to this day. Actually, I gotta, I gotta say, uh, I don't want to delve too, too deep and make anyone comfortable, but if su- as far as suicide methods go, launching yourself into the edges of the universe to be unraveled is kind of metal. That's what I said. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, I completely missed that. Delacroix's stated intention in founding the settlement was to create a place that could provide a home to the damned, the dispossessed, the refugee, and the lost. However, the initial inhabitants were almost entirely artists, writers, and intellectuals from the Orchard universe, quickly ending Delacroix's utopian hopes for the town. He again fell into depression and disappeared in 2110. Subsequent immigration to SCP-5005 has followed a similar pattern, with the majority of the town's population belonging to academic or artistic professions. Most other inhabitants are the survivors or descendants of two major influxes of refugees who took up residence in the SCP, a group of survivors of the Neon London in 2936, and the remnants of the of the tribes of the Many Steps in 2419. What the fuck oh, so this has been around London? for a few hundred years now. Yeah. Neon also, London. how the fuck do they get, like, food and shit? I don't know, maybe we'll find out. I assume like, they, they can shoot people out here, maybe they can just shoot food out. Like, maybe spies. or maybe they can grow food. I don't know. But you met you mentioned the on London a couple times. What's what's special about that? It's a funny name. 
Ah. Neon London versus Unlondon, who would win? <laughs> the Neon London's up in the sky. <laughs> yeah, it's like the fucking Zelda worlds on the <laughs> islands. The nature of time in SCP-5005's non-matter surroundings means that human aging varies greatly from person to person. Consequently, while some visitors have undergone the span of a full human life in a single 24-hour cycle, others have shown no visible signs of aging across many centuries. This allows for an impressive range of sources for SCP-5005's history. An example of this can be found in the following interview with Sergei Osmanogolu, the owner of the Dragobin Tavern, who emigrated to SCP-5005 in 2109. Let's get into it. Oh my god, I just realized the date's like 400 years later. I'll be... I'll be can I be the guy? You want to be the dragon in so the tavern guy? Yeah, I'll be re- yeah. I'll be researcher Sofia Ramirez. Location, Dragonman's Heaven. Dates, 29, 11, 25, 24. Begin lock. Ramirez is sitting in the main room of the tavern at a table by a window. She's just switched on a recording device and placed it in front of her. A tall, burly man with a thick beard, Osman Oglu, is sitting opposite her. Snow can be seen passing by the window. There's a lit fireplace between Osman Oglu. Thank you for agreeing to this interview, Sergei. It's not a problem. I've got time. And you played it <laughs> promptly. He went through I, three accents oh. in the course of that sentence. I, I love what you started with. That was the best one. I Okay. Uh, when did you first arrive in Lamplight? 2109, I think. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Fucking like... What is that, Scottish? It's sort of Scottish, sort of Northern English. It's, sort of, it's a couple of Dwarvish. things. Dwarvish. Tan honey it's door. a lamplight accent. Oh. This is what they sound like in lamplight. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. What was the town like then? Small, cold, fewer buildings, fewer lamps, less snow. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. <laughs> yes, I wanted to ask about that. How is there snow? But it was better back then. Delacroix was there. People said he'd found in the place, but I couldn't understand how they could think that. What do you mean? He didn't have no energy, no spark. He'd spend all his time staring out there, into the dark. He gestures towards the window. The darkness of the non-matter is visible outside. This place wasn't meant for us. You can't know that for sure. The soul here is perfectly suited to supporting human life. Yeah, there we go. They can farm. You don't make a place for people with that thing suspended over it. You'll build a sun or stars, not a pallid half moon. There are no places for humans this far out. Other civilizations got close. Shriska, Harkra. They weren't humans. Wrong cluster. And if they did make this place, and I doubt it, then they're long gone now. Nothing but their dust and their lamp left over. So, what did Delacroix do? He sat for some time. He had a girl, and it went sour. So he came here to start something new, something great. But the only ones entranced by his mad designs were the same old crowds of poets all talking about the great utopia they build here. Another society of true freedom to escape the horrors of the dozen others they've made. But they didn't want to do the hard graft or come down from their bohemian bubbles, so it was all talk. Shooting shit in taverns like this one. I'm the only one left, though. He takes a sip of beer. Delacroidor, he was smart. He could see this. First time I saw him, he'd been here two years and the absinthe had reached his eyes. He saw that all he'd done was make more meaningless ego. But I think... I think part of him loved the misery he felt. He wrote his best poems here, everyone says so. But the dark is a mirror about about other stuff. You read him? Not yet, no. Hard to get a copy and sold. In the next universe over should be easy. 
an orchard you can find him anywhere. Not so much here. People don't like to uh, remember him here. Why not? Because he taught truth the poets don't want to hear. Or because we all know what happened to him. Oh, there are those who say he went back to orchard, but any true lamplighter knows he stepped into the night. The night does not give such easy answers, he used to say. I'd just pat him on the shoulder and tell him it was okay and that. Uh, he was not a well man, Sophie. He wanted to destroy himself. And we don't like to talk about that. I gotta be honest, I really love the world building here, kind of. It, it mm. feels, like, alive. Why not? Uh, or, sorry, suicide, right? No, more than that. I don't think he wanted to die to end. He wanted to annihilate the idea of himself. He'd come here and order absinthe over and over and over again, staring at the, the, the snow and trying to make out shapes. Then one day he was gone. I... I see. You should go home, Sophia. Go back to your soul, to your foundation. This is not a place for well people. This is cool, too, because the foundation can't really contain them, yeah? Mm, they just yeah. sort of... They're just sort of, like, visiting. So it's got a Documents much more chill later. atmosphere than most foundation interviews where it's, like, very clinical and one person's in control. You know what I mean? Mm. It's kind of a nice change of pace. Like, I feel like they're at the bar right now over a drink. Then why are you here? Someone has to care for the sick. I saw you watching Castamonu from your window. I don't know who... Tall man, wore a great coat. You saw him, didn't you? Walking down the cobbled streets. He was a playwright from Davistan. <coughs> Davites. Davites. <laughs> we did the same fucking reaction. <laughs> Smoked those pipes, wrote with trembling hands under the gas lamps. I put the fire on and keep it warm, but he hasn't been back for days. Just walked into the smog, one foot beating a tiny march, drawing with the other as a faint misty whistling silhouette. You saw him and said nothing. I think you like him in a way. That'll be all for now. Edlog. Well, we're not even halfway through. Gee, fuck. This guy, he hates SCP. It's just, I'm too ADHD for these long ones. But I am actually liking this one. I really like... This really just feels like an exercise in world building so far. Maybe there's mm. more to the narrative or SP part of it, but I'm not, I'm not even saying that in a negative way. It's kind of just fun world building for the sake of it. Yeah, I can see that. Well, it's the next essay. Structure and Society by Dr. Harry Grant. Lecturer in Eastern Multiverse Studies at King's College London. SCP-5005 Imagine is... living in a multiverse and still choosing to live in London, lol. <laughs> well, maybe it's living neon London. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's much brighter there. They have a neon sun. It's not always so cloudy. SCP-5005 is, properly, a series of five small districts loosely gathered around a central plaza. Plaza, the Wolf Square. Oh, that guy was damn bad. Three of these districts were created by the various artistic groups present in SCP-5005 across the centuries, and consequently reflecting their sensibilities. The other two were founded by refugee groups. Should we popcorn these districts? Yeah, I'll take the first uh, two off your hands. No worries. Actually, no, you have to read Aetherium, but I can... Let's go back and forth. The districts are... The Kievan or Victorian district was the original core of the city, founded by Jean-Antoine Delacroix in 2109. The architectural style is reminiscent of the late... De- fuck me. Denipirian. It's probably Nipirian style, roughly analogous to a mixture of Victorian and Imperial Russian architecture in the Soul universe, but with some oddities, such as a strict adherence to cobbled streets and the regular placement of gas lamps. The ardent romanticism of the city's founders has led to the structure of this district being deliberately disorganized. It has frequently been admired for its many communal meeting places and frequent public concerts. 
The Ethereum district was created during the cyberpunk revival of the 2350s, a response to the horrors of the burnt apple war that caused severe destruction to the Orchard universe's Earth. The cyberpunk revival was marked by a deep cynicism and disillusionment with contemporary politics, reflects an architectural style deliberately modded on post-industrial display and internet-based subcultures. Twitter? The district is thus highly architecturally varied. I, if, if I had to live in the Twitter district, I would fling myself into the darkness. <laughs> and was renowned for its anarchist politics, which were credited with an urban and social regeneration across the settlement. Oh my god, it actually is Twitter. Jesus. The Giotto District was created by a group of Soul Universe artists who, in response to the Namibian crisis of the 2390s, wanted a radical return. So these districts were all created over time. Yeah. Near the Wolf Square. Okay. Uh, wanted a radical return to pre-modernity as a response to the evils of the present. The group, vehemently opposed to all realism and art, created the district as a way to return to a world of starker light, constructing buildings exclusively in Gothic or Romanesque church architecture and with an emphasis on stained glass lights, uh, stained glass's light-refracting properties. The early days of this district were marked by an ascetic medieval morality, almost entirely absent today. The modern neighborhood is chiefly known for its biannual passion plays and a wide range of communal and charitable activities. The neoclassical district was founded by refugees fleeing the neon London in the early 25th century. Characterised by 18th century British architecture, but augmented by a large number of green spaces, flowing curves, and a stated desire to create a utopia, this district was rigidly and rigorously planned as an ideal community of elites. Although this project has long been abandoned, the neighbourhood has become a focal point for a great number of literary circles, with young artists frequently attending its salons and literary festivals, and many patrons settling in the district. The Nomad District was created by the surviving tribes of the Many Steps. Excuse me. Most of the structures here are yurts and other nomadic tents utilized by the Salome Universe's Inner Asia analog. But at the center of the district is a Manichaean temple of particular architectural significance even beyond SCP-5005. This district is frequently engaged in housing refugees from across the multiverse, a cause that many of SCP-5005's residents involve themselves in. Despite the many historical differences, conflicts and disagreements between the districts are now uncommon, with the populace as a whole freely mingling. Although each district has its own celebrations, there is one major festival celebrated in SCP-5005 by the populace as a whole, the Parade of Candles, or Chrismata, held once a year on a day roughly inaugurous to midwinter in the northern hemisphere of the Orchid universe's Earth. A description of this festival by junior researcher Ramirez can be found below. Oh, I guess so there's a way to leave right? this place, right? Because yeah. that's why the fan... Yeah, so people can travel here and away from here. And I assume that's how they got stuff to farm and get materials. But the first guy that came here just flung himself in and didn't prepare. So how did he build shit without, like, starving to death? He came back, it said. He just came back and did it again. Oh. So he was able to find his way back. I guess it's like a bungee jump. I guess. All right, so what what did you ask before I interrupted you? You were voicing Ramirez before, so I guess this is you. Can pop on it. So much. Re- this really is just like reading the SCP. That, that's, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever said. That's every SCP. What the fuck are you talking about? Look, it's it's weird because I actually am liking this, but it's just so uh, the festival's proceedings begin at what would be six a.m. in the Orchard Universe's Kiev. The that wouldn't be timekeeping agreed upon. <laughs> What? 6 a.m., no thank you. Yeah, well, in your time, that'd be, like, noon, so it's all oh, good. okay. Well, maybe. 
the system of timekeeping agreed upon since 5005's foundation. Residents from all the districts gather in the central square to engage in a series of acrobatic performances, poetry readings, artistic displays, and musical recitals. The artistic segments of the community essentially use this event to promote and discuss their various works, while the rest of the populace treats them as a form of entertainment. It is notable that while many of these works use the surrounding dark as their subject matter, it is rare to hear discussion of the darkness, both during the festival and outside it. This activity continues for several hours while the owners of the local taverns uh, begin to task traditionally incumbent on them. The task traditionally incumbent on them, sorry. Constructing a large pyre in the center of the square. The resulting structure is enormous, but due to the prevalence of fog and snow in 5005, it is frequently unusable as a pyre. In these cases, the populace simply links arms and dances around the structure before returning to their various homes and cooking an evening feast. Uh, if the pyre does catch light, however, then tables will be set up surrounding the fire and a shared feast will take place in the square. The food here is a mixture of plants grown in the expanse, substance as well as imported food, which makes up the vast majority of the food consumed in 5005. A great many Kievan and Strathclyde delicacies can be found from the Orchard universe as well as malted saloons from the Salome universe, a delicacy brought by the tribal refugees that had proved surprisingly popular in the town. After the meal, candles are brought out for the populace to light from the pyre. It will usually be burning much lower at this stage and is ordinarily safe to approach. Having lit their candles, the populace begins to wander, individually and haphazardly, towards the edges of 5005-1's light range. They will spread themselves out at a safe distance behind the edge of the circle and, holding their candles aloft, begin to sing several hymns in succession. The year's hymns are voted on during a town meeting. They are primarily from the Orchard universe, but some Sol and Salome songs are sung. There is also usually a reconstructed Triskin song added as part of a continuing superstition that the Triskins created 5005-1. The singing is not impressive, as one would expect from hundreds of people spread out across a very large distance and with little training. Other observers have called the, ch the effect charming. It seems to me to be reflective of the almost monomaniac obsession that the denizens have with the light and the fire motif, present in so many artistic works and important to their conversation and culture. Well, yeah, that's literally the defining trait of their culture, is this fucking weird light. Of course it is. It is a bizarre and disturbing fact that so many travel to understand or be inspired by 5005's non-material location, but end up ardently embracing the familiar trappings of home. Oh, you don't like society, yet you've partaken it. How interesting. It's so funny to me that the society is what's labeled the SCP and not the lamp itself. It feels weird. I feel like the society should be what Dash 1 is, and they should be studying the lamp, right? Because the society itself isn't really anomalous. Mm, big light. Well, let's find out what happens next. Culture by Pierre Rashomon. Actually, that's another interesting thing about this article as a whole, Tan, is this doesn't really seem like they're trying to, to contain... I mean, obviously they're not, but like rather than what we're used to, the description's almost like a fucking non-fiction book. Like a, yeah, like a documentary or something, rather than like a, this is what it does, and this is its anomalous abilities. It's kind of... It's a real change of pace. I would almost... If you didn't say this was SCP and they didn't have, like, SCP-5005... It could work outside the SCP fit. universe, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's kind of neat. Well, it's Pizza. Pizza. I mixed Pierre and culture Pierre Rachmaninoff. Pizza. Rachmaninoff. What the fuck is Pizza, called though? I don't know. Pietro <laughs> and Pierre mixed. No, I just told you, I was trying to say culture by Pierre Rachmaninoff. I mixed it all together into Pizza. <laughs> Aw, Tan Honey. <laughs> Culture by Pierre Rachmaninoff, reader in literary history at the University of Old Kiev. SCP-5000's place in the canon of multiversal literature, art, and music is regarded as highly significant. Its importance to the art or code universe's cyberpunk revival is well documented, as is that movement's impact on the culture of multiple universal clusters. 
perhaps less well known is the sheer scale of artistic figures who have lived in or been inspired by SCP-5005. Yeah, how many yeah. novels are there about this place, do you think? I imagine Murder a lot. mysteries in a tiny settlement, yeah. <laughs> the Dragoman, Firefall, and Old Strisker Taverns have all seen the formation of a number of significant literary circles. The renowned 22nd century poet Fernand Borges was deeply affected by the SCP, writing his famous poem The Half of Baudelaire, a Ulysses-like attempt to portray the common life of the city's inhabitants as a large-scale epic. Martha Vintage's historical novels, all concerned with Strisken and Harkretian, their families settling on the edge of space, are thought to have been inspired by a day at the Firefall. But the most famous literary residence is still Delacroix, whose influence on the writing of the whole of the Western Universal sectors is incalculable. The unique moonlight effect of Dash 1 and the sense of community in the settlement have been betrayed numerous times in the visual arts. The Franco Salomon painters Claude Caracorum, Mohamed Watu, and Francisco de Shiraz were all drawn to the SCP, with Caracorum's piece Delacroix Bedchamber being among the most famous artworks of the Western sector. The musical influence is less easy to trace, but a great many noted composers have made visits. Marius Konigsberg's Chrismata Symphony and the Chair and Frost Heptet were both composed during his stay in the SCP. It is notable that the pieces of temporary visitors or recent immigrants to SCP-5005 are almost invariably focused on the non-matter surrounding settlements, while those of long-term residents are often fixated on community, light and sensual pleasures. Various explanations have been given for the disparity in subject matter. Many short-term residents say that they came to the SCP expressly to see the non-matter and that anything else is simply a distraction, deterring from a proper uh, uh, exploration of the location's mystery. Uh, is that Long- where the mystery element of the SCP comes in? Mm. Longer-term inhabitants often talk about the pointlessness of examining the non-matter or believe the SCP's purpose is to act as a beacon against non-existence. The unexplained weather conditions in the settlement are never mentioned, with a single exception discussed in Dr. Franklin's essay below. The following is an interview between researcher Ramirez and the famed Soul Universe poet Jan Lumiere. You said that's a fitting name. At Juan Lumiere. Yeah. Juan... Yeah. Lumi- oh, yeah, Luminate. Uh, <laughs> Isn't he a candle in View in the Beast? <laughs> Settled permanently in the town in 2276. It's included here to give a sense of the perspective of many longer-term inhabitants of the SCP. I guess I'll be Lumiere. Yeah. Interviewer, junior researcher Sophia Ramirez. Location outside the Firefall Tavern. Date, 12-12-25-24. Begin lock. Junior researcher Ramirez is walking towards the back entrance of the Firefall Tavern, which opens into a wild cobbled street on a slight incline. Fog can be seen all around, obscuring the rest of the street. The sounds of revelry coming from inside the Firefall can be heard. A man in his thirties wearing a long, thick greatcoat is smoking a cigarillo outside the entrance. <laughs> Just all this fucking sci-fi shit, and they're like, "Oh, it's cigarillo." Those are still around. <laughs> the fucking cheap-ass, shitty non-cigars at Quick Trip. <laughs> Hello, Juan Lumiere. The very same. You're that foundation girl, aren't you? Staying at the Dragoman. Junior researcher Sofia Ramirez. A lovely name. I can only presume, given the recording device on your shoulder, that you have come to interview me. If we could step inside... I prefer to stand out here. They are bright and merry, and uh, I'll wait until the fire is lower and the company more selective. Let the young have their fun. How old are you? 278. Don't look it, do I? The perks of this city. I've aged six years in the time I've been here by my counts, but nobody ever comes here for eternal life. How would you determine, because the only real way, if, if it's like based on years, is like physical years. How do you know it's been exactly six physical years on your body? I can feel it. 
I've been wondering about that. It's just because it doesn't feel as it's meant to. You don't feel like you're living longer, just that those years have been spread out longer. Like skin stretched out from a drum. You never develop properly. Your writing has. I didn't think anyone in Seoul had ever heard of me. It, well, if I'm honest, it was your work that first drew me here. You're unusual. Your later stuff talks about fire and light, but with much more craft than most of the other long-termers. Like oh, I get it. Is Ramirez like the, the person they, they delegated to be the researcher at the town? Because they mentioned that in the beginning. Well, oh yeah, she's the, in like, the beginning. The museum. Yeah, they're like, one person's always staffed at the settlement. I guess that's her. Yeah. I said my fingers, you uh, oh, sorry. You said you like the newer ones, right? Yeah. I I do quite like them. But you like the earlier ones more. Limia sighs and stubs out his cigarillo. Everyone likes the early ones more. They don't understand why someone would come to Lamplight just to write about the things in their own lives. Do they aim in the Kievan saloons? This place is just the wild frontier, the mystery beyond mystery, the edge of all creation. They want something wild, not something homespun. Isn't that natural? Lumia narrows his eyes, thrusting his hands into the pockets of his coat. Do you write at all? Compose? I I play a little violin. I write some stuff in my spare time. But that's not why you came here. You came here to solve its mysteries. It has so many. You're barking up the wrong tree, girl. You won't solve anything. You should go inside. I'm fine. I'm not here to party. Then there's your mistake. I've seen so many like you come through here. You've read Delacroix? I recently acquired a copy. I haven't read much yet, though. It's his last poem that, uh, if not understood, then at least got some glimpse of this place. Rough. Almost like a regression into juvenilia. But the only thing he wrote that really threw a light on the bright young things that come here, full of opium and dreams. You think people come here to see the dark? They come here because they think they should. They think inspiration is full of the external, the depths of the human soul, the ravaged passions of the age. It's not. Inspiration is the dust on a wainscot and the smell of barnley, the warmth of heaps that... There is an infinite dark outside, a light that should not exist above. Why should I come here to play the fool? This town should not exist! It was always going to exist. This place was inevitable. What does that mean? Why did you not help Costamano? There was a pause of several seconds. What, what is with Costamano? Who are they? What are they talking about? Did I miss something earlier? Yeah, they mentioned him before. You watched him like... No, I know they mentioned him before, but, like, did he come up before that? No. Wait, wait, what did you say when I interrupted you? He walks out into the dark and she just, like, fucking watched. Yeah. You drink... drink Oh, sorry, that's you. (laughs) Fuck. Did you actually hear what I said there, or...? (laughs) Yeah, you said he walked out into the dark. Sorry, this, this article's... My brain's having trouble attaching to things. It's so long. You drink, same as me and the rest. But you drink ice-cold gin in the silence of your room. You spend hour after hour puzzling, typing, working through your things. I see you in your your window, staring out at the night. And you watched as Costamano just marched himself off into the night, because you felt the same things he felt. Why do you... Because I've seen you before a thousand times, the artist falling on his paintbrush as a sword, the writer who sees God in a grain of darkness... Sometimes I stop them, but mostly they ignore me. The wisdom of youth and all that. One fine day they'll walk into the night, into the echo chamber of compounded mystery. Never understanding that we built this place to be a beacon against it. The inevitable human sigh of defiance in the night. He buttons up his jacket and begins to walk away. Where are you going? I'm not done with you yet. 
Go to the Fires Junior Researcher Sofia Ramirez. Get a shorter name, because you learn one way or the other that there is nothing out there. He walks down the street and into the fog, whistling the Blue Danube Waltz. Ramirez stares after him for several seconds before turning her camera off. So is this whole article kind of like a... It sounds sort of like um, maybe not a metaphor. I don't want to oversimplify, especially because we're not done. But it kind of seems like it's analogous to the idea of like don't stare into the abyss and like mm-hmm. don't look for things in the darkness. Don't think too hard. Stay by the light. You know, they're really sticking with those themes. And I'm wondering if that's kind of what it is. Like, don't lose yourself in nihilism. I'm wondering if this article is sort of a, a metaphor for that, or if it's just really like, oh no, it's it's darkness. It's bad. Stay away from death. <laughs> Well, let's find out. Psychological Impact by Dr. Hans Fruberg, Level 3 Foundation Psychology. He's level 3. Holy shit, he's got yeah, so much say. Wait, wait, he shouldn't even be able to write in this. Is this, this requires level 4 access. Well, it's, it's like, oh yeah. He can't read it, he can only write it. He can't check if he's made any spellings. Bruh. The emotional and psychological effects the SCP has on a large proportion of its residents is particularly noteworthy. A minimum of 14 disappearances have been recorded in the town in any given year. For a really big town, that's a good ratio, though. <laughs> Extensive yeah. investigations by local law enforcement and foundation researchers have determined these to be almost entirely suicides. The reasons for this disappearance rate in a town of the SCP size, with its generally high standards of living, are not wholly clear. The psychological effects of a lack of sunlight or a relative unvaried diet have been considered, as has the sheer danger of an unpredictable light source. But the most interesting evidence is the overwhelming majority of the experiences come from artists, writers, and particularly academics who've been resident in the town for less than a year. So people who are thinkers. People who are these, creative types. See, I feel like this is definitely a metaphor for something about that. These residents often display similar patterns of behavior in the weeks prior to their disappearance. An obsession with the non-matter surrounding the town, an increasing dependence on narcotics, and a greatly increased output but diminished quality of work. Many times people attempt to intervene but to little avail. Effective individuals are likely to become extremely isolated and aggressive towards others. Four Foundation personnel are known to have disappeared in the SCP since the Soraya Treaty was signed, all apparently committing suicide via non-matter. Although it has fucking metal. Although it causes a concern for Foundation <laughs> personnel, the unavoidably limited nature of mental health provision within the Foundation has meant that this situation is Bruh. difficult to overcome. They know. They even know. Yeah. I love how the Foundation can spend, like, literally billions of dollars containing one spooky Monstrex uh, SCP with, like, high-tech sphere of metal and all these contraptions, but they can't afford, like, a few therapists because it's not relevant enough. For an example of some of the concerns typically raised with the Foundation's psychiatric units, the following is an extract from Director Franklin's report of a check-in with junior researcher Ramirez in December 2524. Let's popcorn this. I want to co-op. Smile. My brain. The worst part is, I feel like I'm giving a terrible... It's probably annoying to hear me keep complaining. This is a good article. It's just so fucking long. So much reading. After the meal, Dr. Ramirez took me to her rooms to show me some of her initial findings. By this point, I had noticed several things that concerned me. Having known Dr. Ramirez for several years, her voice seemed markedly more strained than usual. She also seemed nervous and was sweating profusely. Several times, I thought I smelled alcohol on her breath. Her rooms turned out to be a single cheap bedchamber... On the tavern's top floor, there was little heating and no light, the window opening out of the Giotto district. I asked her why she had chosen this room when we had allotted her a generous allowance. She replied that the rooms on lower floors were too noisy and that she needed quiet to work. 
I thought this plausible at the time. 5005's taverns are not known for being serene places of study. But on further reflection, I remember that two previous researchers, Kobold and McBride, had similarly changed their accommodation. Both had to be pulled out of 5005, and both had developed the notion that a higher room would take them closer to the source of the town's non-matter. A curious piece of unscientific superstition. Yeah, this very much reads like people... Get, Either there are people who are distracting themselves with hedonism and people who are like thinking too much and getting swallowed by the abyss. Mm. I feel like I noticed also that although the bedchamber appeared to be in an orderly condition, there was a sheen of dust across many of the surfaces, and a couple of telltale signs were visible that indicated a lot of tidying in a very short amount of time. The bed did not look like it had been slept in. Several fiction books, also coated in dust, were lying on the shelves. Only the poetry of Delacroix and two of Lumiere's novels seemed to have been read at all. There was a half-empty bottle of gin on the mantelpiece, which Ramirez quickly noted and binned in a half-hearted attempt at subterfuge. Her notes, written by hand, were surprisingly rough. She seemed to only use her digitop for forwarding her data to us. The haphazard organization went some way towards explaining the decreased quality of her work, but the odd breaks in writing tone and lack of professionalism in interviews still had to be answered for. By this point, I regretted letting other projects take my attention away from 5005. I sent Sophia here because of her well-demonstrated resilience and reliability, thinking I could leave the town's research in safe hands. However, it has become abundantly clear that the effects this place has on the human psyche are not so easily predictable. I asked a few gentle questions about her life here. Had she been had she been blending in? Was she enjoying the local culture? And it did not take long for her to become paranoid and resentful of my presence. She openly mocked the townspeople for being rural, believing their cultural traditions and community were worthless in the context of their surroundings. She lamented their lack of curiosity in 5005-1, the expanse in the surrounding non-matter. To my surprise, she also displayed little interest in Lumiere's writings, something which had previously been a passion of hers, and actively disdained Delacroix, calling his last poem irredeemable shit that understands nothing. New Age from Space nature Review. Of <laughs> the true nature of her interests rapidly became apparent. She devised a schema based on the angles of 5005-1's light to find a location where the bizarre laws of physics would allow someone to see the entirety of the expanse which 5005 rests upon. She had done an extraordinary amount of research, pinpointing the supposed location to the exact spot and designing a craft she believed would safely transport people to and from this place. It was madness, and I told her as much. This location was so far out that no craft, however well designed, could keep its occupants alive for the return journey. She did not want to hear this, and it became clear that she did not desire my presence any longer. I did not tell her about my intention to recall her, fearing this might damage her emotional state still further. Still, it is my unambiguous recommendation that she be replaced in her post as soon as possible. 5005 may not have a great deal of exploitable material within it, but we still don't fully understand the town, its mysteries, its strange lair for artists and writers of the nuances of the local culture. It is not an easy assignment, and it needs a great deal more attention than we have hitherto given to it. True. This guy knows what he's talking about. <sighs> Future Research by Director Ham Hamish Franklin. The results of these many aspects of the SCP is that the Foundation has a number of potential research directions. While the cultural and social aspects of the town remain important, and their relations to the landscape in particular remains an unresearched area, it's the physical questions that are the most potent. The identity of Dash 1's traitors and their reasons for doing so, its mechanical workings, and the nature of the expanse surrounding the town. One final notable anomaly is the unusual weather conditions of the town. As the Orchard universe lacks heavy snow and fog, this has often been considered one of the key attractions for initial settlers. Its origin shores are entirely unknown, however, and very few credible theories have been produced to explain it. Originating a point somewhere above Wait, Dash 1. lack of snow and fog? Hey, you should move here. What do you mean? Don't you get, just get a lot of that up in England? Why would I want more? Oh. You like snow and fog? 
but it's like, why would I want... It has it here, so why would I want to go? Oh, I thought... I, I completely misunderstood. I thought they said it lacks those things. It says the lacks heavy stones. Lacks it. Oh. Okay. Originating at points somewhere above Dash 1, the snow falls regularly enough to keep the cat town covered in a thin layer at all times. The source of the fog is also unclear, but in both cases the weather conditions appear identical to those found in Seoul and similar universes. It's just aesthetic, man. Uh. A related problem is near-complete absence of these conditions in any literary or autistic works. Researchers have noted that the townspeople rarely discuss it, often appearing dismissive and frightened when it's brought up. Uh, I think they really like the idea of the light, and they don't want to... They don't like things that cover that up, like snow and fog. (laughs) Researchers themselves have openly stated after leaving the town that the weather made them feel uncertain or lost. Extensive testing has ruled out the possibility of any mimetic or cognitohazardous effects. As mentioned above, the only known creative work to discuss these conditions is the final poem of SCP-5005's founder, Jean-Antoine Delacroix. It is written in a much more modernist style than Delacroix's other works, and does not display the same technical mastery. This may partly be attributed to its status as an unfinished work, found written on his desk the morning after his disappearance. It's reproduced in its entirety below. Why don't you tell us what this poem says? Cold entrance cuts the mountain, where I buried you, salt and brine, whisper down the waterways of ash, where you ran laughing, that mouth made twist turned bitter. Here on the edge of human eyes I stare into the mirror of the dark, that mirror that sears my ravages of bone, and brings such images of the world's dismay, its broken luminous char, its dreams of all the starving artists beavering away in opium or simmering soft in pain, casting off the trappings of the world, which leaves just silence soft and cold disdain. The hearths and songs that bleed with frail light have drawn to fires those who huddle light, huddle tight, their raptured peasant fear cast before the tongs and cheer. I walk a figure in the fog of old laments away from these twin tales and into the snow, into the earth with no narratives of foes or platitudes of friends. The snow gives wrought complexity ennui. The night does not give such easy answers. Addendum 1. On 31-12-25-24, junior researcher Ramirez disappeared from her lodgings in the Dragman Tavern. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, stinky! A search by townspeople and foundation personnel found only footprints in the snow heading towards the edge of town. Uh-oh, poopy! Guys, I think she's about to commit not non-matter. On the evening of 01-01-25-25, a signal was received from a temporary monitoring station set up on SCP-1005. It appeared to show video footage from junior researcher Ramirez's shoulder cam at a point in the non-matter. Analysis of the footage showed it had been transmitted several hours earlier from the location specified in a conversation with Director Franklin. Oh, she made it! Although it's theoretically possible for her to have made the trip unaided, she would have been close to death by the time she reached the location, as her apparent condition in the footage makes clear. A lot of this footage is below. Begin lock. The camera opens on non-matter. This is rendered as a black screen. Coughing can be heard. Told you, <laughs> Hamish. I told you. <coughs> you stood there and you were wrong. <coughs> and I was right. And, and. There's was... heavy breathing. <laughs> but you won't guess. You'll never guess. The camera turns. In the distance, SCP-5005 can be seen beneath Dash 1. The light of Dash 1 refracts across the non-matter in a way which shows the entirety of the expanse. The expanse is revealed as the corpse of an augmented Harkratian anglerfish. Oh, so it was an anglerfish! He was right. 
Most of the body has been eroded by non-matter, but the face and jaw are clearly visible. Dash 1 can clearly be seen as the esker of the fish, the lure anglerfish possess to attract prey to them. Its eyes, possessing a milky white colour typical of anglerfish, are also visible. Ramirez can be heard laughing hysterically for approximately 30 seconds. This is then injured by coughing. Blood can be seen floating in front of the camera. That's it, isn't, isn't it? The end of the line. The puzzle box complete. Just the dying corpse of Harcourt's pioneers. There's a pause after which sobbing can be heard. <laughs> I wonder if they died there. Or ran away or found something better out here. I wonder if... if... Further sobbing can be heard for 12 minutes before fading away entirely. So, uh, and I'll just take one of Donnell's sobs and loop it for around 12 minutes or so. Don't, <laughs> don't do, do that. that, don't do that. Fog and snow can be seen approaching from the sides of the camera, gradually obscuring its field of view until nothing visible remains. The visual feed cuts out. The night does not give such easy answers. The audio feed cuts out. End block. So, yeah, someone who finally stared at the abyss and they found there was nothing, and then they kind of freaked out. Yeah. It was just an anglerfish. There was no greater meaning or mystery behind it. I, I, it wasn't even a big reveal because someone already said maybe it's an anglerfish. Yeah, like, <laughs> but that's almost like... what makes it perfect, right? Yeah. Is they play up this mystery and they realize that nothing mattered this whole time. Their obsession was worthless. They were obsessed with this idea of mystery in the universe, especially in a universe that seems so... It, it almost makes sense with the poems and stuff because think about it like this. This is like a super sci-fi multiverse universe, right? Yeah, no so they've discovered, like, almost everything. There's no mysteries. It was, like, one of the last mysteries, and it's just gone now. There's nothing. nothing. Everything's been done, explored. There's no meaning. Uh, but, you know, on a, on a, uh, even though it's not the point of the story, I almost wonder, now that they know, couldn't they just bring... Now that they know anglerfish can, like, delete non-matter, couldn't they just bring more anglerfish things in? Well, I don't know if they, they can just, like, grab... It's like a specific kind of anglerfish, it said, so I assume... An augmented Hakrishian anglerfish, yeah. Yeah, and I think it but mentioned still. those guys no longer exist, so... And, you know, the people who keep themselves busy with hedonism, now you kind of realize that, that that's just their way of distracting themselves. It's very interesting. It's a very somber tale with beautiful world building, and it's got some interesting narratives. I, I drew a couple connections. I've been talking about the abyss over and over in nihilism. It's kind of got that sort of idea to it. A very somber piece, but I gotta say, this is probably one of my favorite articles. It's just so different from your usual SCP article, in a good way. And it really takes a different approach in how it's written and how it's framed. Particularly, it can do that because it's in a different universe. I'm, I'm tossing it up, though. I just really liked it a lot. I'm gonna give this one a 12 out of 10. Nice, nice, nice. I, I really like it as well. It's like you said, it's, it's a very much an exercise in world building for a big chunk of it, but I really like the way it wraps itself up as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the themes, like I was talking about? Do you have any I agree with you completely. I've, I have mm-hmm. a similar interpretation to you, though, yeah. Alright, and this was written by who again? Tufto. Tufto. Good job, Tufto. Uh, let's check... Well, actually, let's not check, because we're already well in and we got to read the comments. So yeah. I was going to say, let's check the discussion. I wanted to see if there was any hints. But, um, yeah, so let's take a look at some comments, shall we? There's not too many so, this week, but... 31. <laughs> yeah, a there's a lot of replies to some comments I'm noticing. Uh, J, J. Tay Casey says, Please discuss one of Tanhoney's greatest works, SCP-5167. I will never discuss those. Because it's funny among us. 
Also, I think an episode on Dash J SCP. We've done both of these. I didn't even see that second part when I read it at the beginning. We've done both of these. <laughs> Please, Jay, I, I'm killing you now, Jay Tay. Don't kill him. I, I'm lining up the shot. If you go commit, to, I'm about to commit. If you go to the commit. channel, if you go to the channel, there's a button called playlist. You click on that. You go to discover an SCP. We've actually read more SCPs than the ones on the, the last episode, so check it out. God, I, love, I love, I love the whole non-matter thing. Just people like you, you, you get too, you get too deep in a conspiracy in politics, and then they fucking make you non-matter. <laughs> I've always non. Go ahead, jump in. Uh, Graphically says, fan recommendations or not, I hope I can seed inspiration for when day breaks in thirty-two eighty after the storm. For both of you, what are you the most proud of? This comment. No. Uh, I don't know. Mine is way too personal to share to a YouTube audience. Yeah. I have no pride. I only have virtues. (laughs) Okay, buddy. (laughs) Mr. 5000. Looking ass. Humility. third of my life looking ass. Charity. Compassion. Diligence. Yeah, I see plenty of those things, alright. What do you mean, Donnell? Are you okay? Why are you saying that? See, I was just compassionate towards you. Shythalia, SCP-3300, a.k.a. It's raining, man! (laughs) Hallelujah! This Uh, next comment is making me angry. Comedy Mink helps us, give me all your money! Well, Tyne doesn't have money, he only has pounds, sorry. I'm commenting right now, live. I will never do that. No! You're gonna hurt his feelings! I'm furious at the moment. God, he's really Let's typing. You can hear cut him. Cut to the chase. Bone claws. <laughs> Stop! Don't do it! No! What the fuck? What do you mean? <laughs> Why do you keep bringing up bone claws? Bone claws! One time Donnell was trying to post a link or something to me, and I don't know what he had in his clipboard before, but he just. I was, I was doing a roleplay thing. Cut to the chase. Bone claws! Bone claws! <laughs> I was doing like a. It's too hard to explain, but it was. Oh god, he won't let it go. Next comment. Damn you, Tanhoney. Damn you to hell, Dick. <gasps> uh, Lang Lim says new recommendation. Read some of the recommendations. I just did. This whole episode was recommended to me. <laughs> Mister Tanhoney, please. It was just a joke. Don't make me commit non-matter. That's it. Bone claws. <laughs> Stop! I'm going to commit bone claw. <laughs> All right. Thought experiments and other stuff says, Okay then, Tanhoney, I have abilities some consider unnatural. Me For Darnell, too. I too have Bell friend that watch hentai. What the fuck? What the fuck is he talking about? I have Wait, I too have a friend that watch hentai. When did I mention hentai? <laughs> I don't know which episode you were watching. What the fuck is he talking about? He saw the episode Dino for Tales... the Dark Universe. <laughs> Dino Tales says, So you don't read fan recommendations? Ha! Then my recommendation is six thousand. <laughs> Got you now, Tanhoney. Dino Tales, I need to know. Do you is is this a joke at this point, or do you not know how to spell recommendations? He he confirmed the other day, a while back that he he does it as a joke now, okay. but uh, the original one was a typo. But you um, spell it two insert, different ways in this comment. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> insert clever name. Oh god, no! I'm not. I can't. This. We can't read all this. I'm sorry. <sighs> all right, we'll read it. <laughs> Okay. Tanhoney, you have to read it with me, though. You're part of the interview. I'll do my rules. <clears throat> Faden. 
ruins of the common section, night. An unhinged English chap, Tanhony, stands in the middle of a smoldering battlefield, holding a freshly burnt piece of seaweed, <laughs> kelp as it's colloquially known. Oh no, the <laughs> tower is visible. To- Wait, this actually blends really well with you killing kelp in the earlier combat. With my burnt clothes. It is visible in the distance. A shadowy figure emerges from the ashes, one with the visible horns. As the figure grows closer, its features become clearer. It's Darnell! Tanhony, why would you do this? Our loyal viewers, they're all... Don't you understand, Darnell? They were all weak. They were unaware when 5,000 were come, and they were unaware when I destroyed them. Darnell appears shocked. His former friend has become deranged. But who will give our videos likes now? Tanhony chuckles, a shrill British chuckle. But before you can say anything about the sub-bots he's purchased, another figure walks forward. The figure doesn't come from any of the monuments in the distance, instead seeming to appear hundreds of feet away. He's wearing a trench coat with a white-collared shirt underneath. A trilby sits atop his head and a lit cigarette is between his lips. The figure stops in front of Darnell and Tanhony. Who... who are you? I have to do my best Jack impression. I'm Murphy Law, the man you call when everything that could go wrong... Wait, how are you here? The Murphy Law episode was an episode ago at this point. I already said, Tanhony, everything's gone wrong. I'm no hero, but I can see that plain as day. But I'm here to make it right, return the commons to what they once were. Tanhony, I know you can. Wait, am I not doing Jack's voice well? I feel like I'm doing it how he read it. It is, it does sound like Jack. That's why I'm saying sorry. (laughs) But my beautiful plan... My sub-bots! Do it, or I delete the Discovering SCP channel and 5,000. making vague threats at Murphy's life. Murphy has seen these type of people many times before. He lights another <laughs> and waits patiently. Fine. Fade to black. Hi, Tanhony and Darnell! This episode was great! 3300 is a very sad SCP, and 4972 is redacted. Although I do have some grievances with the beginning of 4972, the horror is executed excellently. Also, uh, I don't know what's going on with the beginning of my comment. I've tried deleting that portion multiple times at this point, but it keeps returning. You don't have to read that part in the episode if you don't want to. I recommend Parawatch Part 2, especially if you can get Hippo on again. That'd be pretty popular. Good day says, uh, you wonder if our fanfiction is based or cringe, Darnell? I feel the answer is simple. It's cringe. You're yeah. right. That checks out. Uh, Banker Paul, I don't want to acknowledge his comment because he's been snarky lately, but I'll read it. This yeah, has been bothering me for so long. You've been asking for the bone claws for quite a while now. <laughs> Fuck off with the bone claws already! <laughs> Thank you for finally bringing it up again so I can clarify without it being random. Darnell, the Foundation's mission statement thing y'all read in episode one does not imply the Foundation's been around since the dawn of time. Only that anomalies had been. There's a yeah, trick okay, in but then that also, uh, but that doesn't really line up with how all the Foundation, like every other anomaly is capable of destroying the world if it's not carefully contained. How did we make it so long? There's a trick here. Atheist. It says yeah. Banker Paul above the comment. You see, what, what, what said, Darnell, the Foundation's mission statement thing, y'all read. Y'all? That's Jack. Motherfucker! Jack is banker Paul! This actually explains a lot. Uh, I knew it. Ben, Benji Blue, who I haven't seen in a while. Hey, Benji, good to see you again. Uh, says, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Stark embraces Margaret Lane as she melts away into watery paddling pool. Plus, what an eerie episode. And White Guard's voice is awesome. Yeah, he does have a good Thank voice. You. 
Uh, who do you think has a better voice, White Guard or DJ Cactus? I can't say that because those are people. They both have really judge. good voices. It's hard. Yeah, it's not judging. We're just deciding which is better. They're both great. It's judging. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rather unknown says haven't watched the episode yet, but here's a comment to placate the YouTube gods. Uh, you better have watched the episode by the time we got to this. Yeah, I hope you watched or, it. Or are you getting the bone claws, buddy? Yeah. Uh, a bush from the island of Borneo says, since you didn't read my amazing and high quality recommendations from the previous episode, you are now legally incapable of reading 5031 now. Also, when is the B theme episode coming, Tan? There are 30 articles ta- tagged with Apian. Um, they just won't leave me alone, the B fans. White Guard TC says, <laughs> B claws, more like. It was a B claw. White Guard says, uh, it, no, it's the B claws, but it's spelled like a clause in writing, and ah. it's the clause that says we don't have to read any B related SCPs. But the sun's a clause. Yeah. Uh, White Guard says, it was really fun to hop on for an episode. Tan and Darnell are great people. Well, uh, while that was very sweet of you, and we loved having you on, I don't know if you got a good impression of us if you think I'm a good person. I'm definitely yeah, so. not. You've misinterpreted our characters, frankly. Yeah, but you did I'm it sorry, in a positive way, so you will be allowed to live and given a bonus. Make sure to read White Guard's interviews on the front page of the SCP. Yes! He's doing one, like, every week this month or something, I think he mentioned. He already did one with Fritz Willy, who uh, is a big deal, I think. Um, so go read that. Brandon yeah. Hamilton says, uh, Yep. Uh, Quaker Button knows one two eight says you guys don't read fan recommendations. Then I definitely don't recommend three four seven seven Winky Face. Thanks, I'll be sure to miss it. <laughs> Purpose for your pain says SCP has existed since the dawns of time. Remember two thousand? Uh, okay, we're getting opposing comments here. This is like fucking your turn to die. We got bit them against my <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the versus <laughs> statement. What, what, what's the your turn to die music? It's like do 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 do. An Oxage B says, White Guard is awesome. More importantly, he's White Guard. Edit, after rewatching the beginning, I realized the three of you have resonating voices. So compliment on that. Well, like the fates okay. from mythology. <laughs> yeah, the three fates. Anomalous writer says, Once again, we have a hazardous toast article. Huzzah. Hazardous toast is my tulpa at this point. I'm going to bring him into existence. Uh, and then I, I, I feel bad to skip it because they put a lot of heart into it for you. And we didn't skip anyone else's, but fuck this comment. It's so long. Uh, it makes Hunter Spadafore well, look no, like a little fuck, baby commentary. Not fuck this comment. We appreciate your comment. However, I'm sure yeah, yeah. you'll agree. It is not practical to read out the entirety, but thank you for the comment. Yeah, I'll just read that last part. Uh, so thank you. You're my hack writer, Tan Honey. Huh? Uh, it, it's basically just a big thank you comment to you. I didn't read it all because it's really long, but it's mostly about 5,000 and how much they like it, and it was really well nice, done. and they went into detail. Well, yeah, but it's also about the 3,300 as well, because I did read this. I do, oh, I I do read notice. all our comments. Wow. Yes. I, I, this one I couldn't read. I was too ADHD. It was too long. It, it, I have to scroll to read it all on my desktop. Look how big this is. Okay, I'm sorry. You have to, you, it doesn't fit all. No, no, but I was just saying, I usually read them all, but I just, I felt really bad about this, but my brain couldn't handle it. But it was very nice of you and appreciated. And Tanhoney, do you Thank have you anything so to say? Thank you so much. Um, I liked your analysis of 5,000, 3,300. I didn't have 3,300 in mind when I wrote 5,000, but analysis is, of course, subjective. So uh, if you see the themes, they're there, basically. I think the funniest thing is I just clicked the replies, and the first one is, they're spelled wrong, not going to read that, they're too lazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, they're not wrong. <laughs> Fuck you, Fast Experiments. You, they are right, though. <laughs> the, you, you, fuck you, but you have a point. <laughs> Why are you booing him? He's right. Uh, Alright, well, guys, this has been episode, what, 71? What are we titling this? This is uh, Boom Claws. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> you about to just right. accept it then? <laughs> All right, are you actually going to title it Bone Claws? I will now. All right, thanks, guys, for listening. Bye. Bye.